0: With the growth and development of Kobe White and Iodasumu this season for the Chicago Bulls, and considering the the team-friendly contracts that they are both on, we're going to talk about today why it's important that the front office does not make mistakes with the salary cap going forward. We're going to look at that, plus we're going to preview today's game against the Detroit Pistons. All that plus a little bit of the mailbag right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host, there, Hayes, but more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into this content for today. And And uh, with that said, I want to talk about the growth of Io Sumu and Kobe White. Now, I know we talked about it a lot on this channel, but I'm going to talk about it from a different perspective, right? When you look at Kobe White and Io DeSumo's contracts, you have Kobe White making a little uh, under $12 million a year, a little over in the next upcoming seasons. Io Sumo's a little over $6.5 million. When you combine Kobe White and Io Sumu's contract, that only accounts for 13% of the salary cap. And why that's important. When you look at Kobe White, his output and Io Dusumu's output as of late over the last twenty games, Kobe and Io have accounted for thirty-five percent of the Chicago Bulls' offense per game. Now, that's not even talking about the assists and rebounds and and defense, which are all not as easily quantifiable numbers at times. Right as far as the impact of that with rebound, you kind of got to look at rebounding rate and things like that. But Kobe White is one of the better rebounding guards in the league this season. But I think this is an important part of the front office to take advantage. Of the 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 team friendly contracts that both these players are on and really reshape the roster before either the player is up for a contract extension, uh which both players signed three years deals for with the Chicago Bulls team, so they have a nice amount of time to try to get in there and get and 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 improve this team. The the problem with the Chicago Bulls, outside of the lack of movement at times in the offseason and things like that, is that the Bulls don't pay the luxury tax. We know that. That is one thing, a mandate by ownership. This team is not going to be a luxury tax paying team. So that already puts a, a cap on what the Chicago Bulls can spend, right? R- versus what some other teams would do. That's why the NBA created mid-level exceptions to things like that. The Bulls are not a team that will lo- use a full mid-level exception. If it means it's going to put them in the luxury tax. When you look at it, even this season, the Bulls only use half their mid-level exception and they have a $10 million disabled player exception for Monzo ball that we will just let expire by the nature of us not paying the luxury tax. Now, the re- the things that got the Bulls in that place, we know we had to give Zach Levine a max level contract, right? You we we traded for Nikola Vucevic, we signed Demar Derozan, we have Lonzo Ball's contract there that we haven't gotten anything worth twenty million dollars out of the Chicago Bulls right now. Currently, have about all, have almost fifty million dollars of players, no more than that. We have sixty million dollars when you count in Lonzo Ball and and Zach Levine. That's even not even counting Torrey Craig and Patrick Williams of players that are just sitting out not playing. So it's important that the, that the Chicago Bulls front office in looking at how they want to continue to build this team out, right, is take advantage when you have players that are playing at the level of Kobe White and Iota Sumu and build a team around them that's cost effective and controlled. And so I know it's easier said than done. The Bulls do sit in a position where they can start clearing some of that cap. DeMar DeRozan, his contract is up this season, and while DeMar has been great, for the, for the young players in the development of this team, do not get me wrong. I'm not one of those play- people, even though I'm not a DeMar DeRozan guy, that will come here and tell you that DeMar, DeMar has limited X, Y, Z. DeMar has been great for the mentality of these young players. And a lot of what they learned from DeMar DeRozan are going to be things that they practice hopefully going forward, for years and years to come. But when it comes down to it, you have to review the situation that you're in. You're currently fighting for the ninth seed and DeMar DeRozan while he's great he it's amazing that he can still do what he can do with the efficiency at his age but you got to really to pay Nikola i mean, to pay DeMar DeRozan what he wants which th- seemingly is over $20 million over the next 2 or 3 years you would you would not be taking advantage of the fact that you have cost control you're, you're, two of your best players are on cost control contracts when you pair with that we already have one aging vet that looks like it's going to be a bad contract to Nikola Vucevic already on the team. Patrick Williams' extension is coming up. The Bulls are are not in a position seemingly, right, unless they change some things. Maybe they do move off Alonzo's contract. Maybe that changes some things. But it seems like with what we know right now, they're not going to be in a position to pay DeMar DeRozan what he is worth and what he would want and still build out a full team. At that point, you would be putting yourself in a situation where you have to fill out the rest of your roster theoretically would vet minimum players. And so that's not really a good position to be in either. And this could even be further, um, you know, taking another step if the Bulls do hit on their first-round pick this year, right, which, you know, hopefully they do. We won't know that necessarily as soon as next season. We may not know that till the season after, which then would be the last year of Kobe White and Io DeSumo's contracts. But if you hit on your first-round pick coming up this year, then that is another cost-controlled contract that you have that, again, because of the nature of the ownership for the Chicago Bulls, every team in the league doesn't necessarily have to worry about this the same way that the Bulls front office would. But you want to take advantage of where you sit right now. And you still have other young players developing. Dalen Terry, who's taking a step up for the Chicago Bulls, uh, you know, right, and showing more of what he can do if he stays on the court. We got Julian Phillips, who was the second-round pick, who the Bulls actually gave a lot of guaranteed money for to make sure that they locked him up, right? You, the, the Bulls can move from... In in just one offseason, if they are smart, move from a team that's right up against the luxury tax that has no real room to breathe and add to the team, to a team that can have more of that flexibility in it in the next upcoming offseasons, right? In this offseason and the next offseason. I am in no way advocating for the Bulls to just let every vet player walk. This is why if you notice, didn't say nothing about Alice Crusoe, another player on a on a good team-friendly contract. He's outplaying that contract for sure, right? But you have to be strategic in this while you're trying to build this out. And yes, that does create more opportunities for the young players. Yes, that does create a situation where you are, you are future forecasting and getting ready, right, for the extensions that Kobe and Io are going to command if they keep playing the way that they're playing. And, yes, you hope to do that. You still want to build a team around their skill sets as well, right, to help, and you're waiting on you to get your player that's either going to ascend or your player that is going to be a star to superstar level to really take your team to the next level. But the Bulls, with the growth of Io to Sumo, again, like I said, the fact that the players that are accounting for for. 35% 35% of your offense are only accounting for 13% of your salary cap. The only other time that you really see that usually is when players are on their rookie scale deals and they've ascended to a certain status level and level of play while they're on those rookie deals. You usually don't get that from players on their second contracts. This is important for the Bulls to take advantage of. For a team that hasn't been very smart in how they've spent their money, they just have it, And now some of that's been out of their control. Like I said, $20 million in lines of ball just sitting there, it sucks. Right, but the Bulls front office has to try to be smarter about how they build this team going forward. You went for it, and I commend you for going for it. You went for it. You traded for Vooch. You signed Demar. You signed Alex Cruz. So you got Lonzo Ball in here. You went for it. You try to make the move right then and there to get this team back to being playoff to keep Zach Levine and hope that you were going to build. It didn't go your way because of injuries and everything else. Right, and. This is all even to say like if the Bulls were to be able to move Zach Levine this offseason, which I have my doubts that they're going to be able to, I think that Zach Levine will be on this team next year, next season throughout up until the trade deadline, but if you are able to move Zach Levine uh, this offseason and maybe not have to take back his full salary back in the trade, you can again create more alleviation for yourself and get creative. Now, I can say this, you can have all the cap space in the world, but if you still make bullshit ass signings and you don't draft well it's not going to mean anything either so this still puts a pressure on the front office to still make smart decisions and get the right players in the building but it also gives you a chance to have a little bit more flexibility and take advantage of where you are the smart front offices operate for now and have an eye on the future Let's see if A.K. and Everson can be one of those smart front offices and take advantage of that. And like I said, that's even. I mentioned just Kobe and I on this, but you still got Julie. You still got Daylon. You still got Arnold Lopatine, right? You still got, uh, you know, Patrick Williams. Even though he's up for a contract extension, it seems like that contract's going to balloon up for sure for him. And we'll, we'll see what that ends up looking like, right, this offseason and beat tons of think pieces and stuff on it as well. But I just looked at this and said, like, this is a a this is a, a unique situation where the front office – can can right some of the wrongs that they made right and that is some of the bad contracts and unfortunately like i said with vooch that seemingly is going to be a contract where we do it is going to be a bad contract by the end of it a lot of people will say hell hayes it's a bad contract now i still think vooch averaging 17 and 11 is is still solid enough right but you know it's definitely seems like vooch is on the decline and maybe that that changes with play style maybe that changes with him being able to operate down low just a little bit more but Overall, right now, you want to avoid as many bad contracts as possible. And in a time that, that kind of even goes further into why a lot of Bulls fans are upset at the fact that you didn't move on from Don Marr, especially if you're not going to extend him. Now, I do look at it and say, hey, the Bulls could still try to get a signing and trade done for him, which is still a possibility. But you did open yourself up to maybe get some more assets um, and, you, and you didn't do it. Now, once to say that if those assets carried a, a contract past the season, maybe then you're not getting the, 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 the salary cap relief. And maybe that's what the Bulls are playing as well. But we'll end up seeing. We'll end up seeing. Now, with that said, the Bulls have 25 games left. Now, we talked a lot about those 25 games between now and around March 16th. It's going to be a difficult schedule for the Bulls. But over these last 25 teams, what what is important to this team? And I think outside of making them play, in there are a lot of things that are important for this, right? To continue to see the growth of Iowa, DeSumo, and Kobe White is definitely at the for, the forefront of that. To a lesser extent, can Dalen Terry keep finding a way to make an impact and then what does that do for the offseason for Dalen Terry, right? I think that's an important piece to look at as well. Dalen is, is now getting to the place where he's starting to understand how he can impact the game. That's his defense that's causing turnovers, that's getting on a transition, and that's his passing in transition, all great things. I need Dalen to work on the half-court passing some because he gets back to being a little erratic in that sometimes, but I think that'll come. He's too good of a passer in transition for me not to think that he can't develop that half-court passing game for him as well. And the shot, the, the shooting, right? I think he's gonna get more opportunities to score the ball here as his minutes increase. How does he build on that? That is an important part of this. And then you gotta look at it. Will players like Ernolop Batim and Julian Phillips get get opportunity? We saw Ernolop called up, right? And he hasn't played since he's been called up it was only one game. And experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie: You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code Bull Central to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. That game Javon Carter was cooking. But what is what do Julian and OB do now with their minutes and their opportunities towards the end of the season? And how many of those opportunities do they realistically get with Billy Donovan running this team. That is one of the big things you got to ask yourself there as well. And so those are the questions that I that I really have and the things that I think are important to end the season. And also like, does this team continue to build the identity? How does Kobe White adapt and continue to adapt to defenses, making him the number one priority to stop and slow down what he's doing? And at this point now, it's opened up DeMar DeRosa for a uh, team's kind of let DeMar do what he does because they're more worried about Kobe White getting hot and going off on you because he can go off and he's getting hot from all over the the the, the floor, right? So that's something as well to watch is the, the continued development as the team plays through Kobe a little bit more, how Kobe adjusts to his shot not falling and defense is trying to take the ball out of his hands and still finding a way to impact the game. And then those rotations from Billy Donovan. I've talked about it. I've speculated. Hell, he said that the young players are going to get more minutes coming up. Now, Dalen did in the last game. Julian did not. OB didn't check in really either so are we going to start seeing kind of f- fixes on that too especially while the Bulls are going to be without Patrick Williams the rest of the season without Tory Craig for the for the re- most of the remainder part of the season Tory Craig's going to miss out of the next 25 games he's going to miss about 12 of them or 13 of them right so you want to see how that how that's going to continue to develop and what we really have in those opportunities and I think that's important as well to see what this team's going to be is the development of those young players. And then are we seeing the last games of DeMar DeRozan as a Chicago bull? I think that's a realistic question and a fair question to ask is that, is that it right? Is this the last that we're going to see of DeMar DeRozan? And if it is, how does that end right? How does that end for him? How does that end for the Chicago bulls? And uh, like I said, uh, how Billy Donovan is really going to coach over this last stretch as well. And of course, how many wins we can get? Yeah. The Atlanta Hawks have, have are going to be without Trey young. For four weeks now. Uh kind of people are kind of looking at it and saying like the Bulls are a shoe in now to, to make that play in. Don't take anything for granted. We've seen a huge fallout from the Bulls and they got a tough schedule. So don't take any of that for granted, even though I have said myself that it's it's pretty much guaranteed that the Bulls are gonna make the playing tournament. But then also, like what what are we playing for? Right? What are we realistically playing for? And you know, I, I wanna see this team continue to excel. I want to see the players continue to grow. And like when Big Dave was on, you don't want your team and your young players that are that are growing and developing. You don't want to reward that with trying to lose games. So how do we develop that winning mindset? Do we play better against the better teams in the league? Because we got a lot of them coming up uh, for the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls are going to play, like, basically, after this Detroit Pistons game, the Bulls are almost only playing playoff teams up until the middle of March. and We got some some offs, uh, off games on that, right, where we're playing bad teams. But when you look at it, we got Detroit. Cleveland, Milwaukee, San Antonio, Utah, Golden State, Clippers, Dallas, Indiana, Clippers again. Then we got the Washington Wizards. We got the Portland Trailblazers. Definitely not playoff teams. Then we got the Houston Rockets, Boston Celtics, the Wizards again, the Pacers, Nets, Minnesota, Atlanta. That takes us to April 1st. From now until April 1st, keep in mind, we're not even in March 1st yet. From now now until April 1st, there's Four games that we have against teams that are not slated to be playoff teams. That is that, and that would mean that if the Bulls make it through this, how do you look now in the identity? Pat the designer predicted that the Bulls over these next 16 games go nine and seven, and if that's what the Bulls can realistically do, I tell you what. While that doesn't sound great considering the, the the opposition that we have in front of us, that's not a bad record to have at all. So what does that continue to look like for the Chicago Bulls? And, you know, with that said, the first game that we have up in that against a team that is slated to be easy team is the Detroit Pistons. You guys know, I like to preview games the day before game, the, the day of a game happening. But the Detroit Pistons have won eight games out of 57 so far. Don't lose to the Detroit Pistons. I shouldn't have to have keys to the game against the goddamn Detroit Pistons. Get the damn win, Bulls. This is – don't play with your food. Don't play down the competition. I want to see a Bulls team, if they come out and play like they did against the Celtics, and they come out and play like they did in their last game, this is a game that should be definitely winnable because the Pistons can't keep up with the way that the Bulls play defense against Boston, against New Orleans, and the way that they execute it in transition offensively. You better take care of business against the Detroit Pistons. Like, come on, what are we talking about? I shouldn't have to have this intricate-ass preview of it i know people want it listen here's the the, for those that want it. here's the preview defend rebound the ball play efficiently as an offense spread the ball around attack these the detroit it's the detroit Pistons. take care of business against the pistons that's it this does not need to be a game it's already starting at 8 p.m don't play with me don't play with me take care of the business against the pistons get the dub and get the hell up out of there We're, we're at home on top of that Do not lose to the Detroit Pistons on the home court and sacred ground that is the United Center. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? And by that, I'm not saying that this Bulls team should just come in and be like, oh, we're facing the Pistons. we, we, We can take off tonight. No, I'm saying come out with it with the pride and the execution to come out here and snuff this team out, put on a show for your home court, and make sure that you strangle out every bit of hope that the Detroit Pistons have by coming into Chicago. That's what you need to do, period, point blank, nothing else needed, none. Done. Get it done. That's it. I don't care that we're without Patrick Williams. I don't care that we're missing Tory Craig. I don't care that we're missing Zach Levine. This is the Detroit Pistons, a talented young team, no doubt. But take care of business. They can't defend to save their life. Take care of business against the Detroit Pistons Bulls. And they almost won the game last night as well against the New York Knicks, only losing by two. And there was a bad call at the end of that game. Do not let the Detroit Pistons make a make a fool out of you, Chicago Bulls. Come on, man. What are we talking about? What are we talking about? It's the Detroit Pistons, bro. Take care of the damn business. With that said, we got one voicemail to play today. Let's go and play this voicemail. This one's from Shea. What's up, Hayes? It's Shea. You look, man. Hey. I know, first of all, you said
1: in your last video that somebody on the voicemail said that brother Caruso gets by right sign the sideline, none that I.O. is coming back. Come on, man. You knew that was me. Now nah, I'm just playing. I'll let you though. Know. But on some real shit, hey, I think uh with I.O. coming along, with Kobe coming along, I think all we need is Patrick and Patrick Williams sort of coming into his own. Now, look, I don't know if David Terry is going to be that, that small four for us, but I got to say this, man. We really need jo- Herb Jones in the future, and we might, and I will consider moving Zach Levine to the New Orleans Pelicans. Look, I'm not looking for Brandon Ingram. I'm not looking for none of those other other motherfuckers, but Herb Jones, that's one person who I would look to try to get add him to our young court. Now, look. I know what people are gonna say. Oh, Julian Phillips and Dalen Terry. Yeah, maybe and maybe Dalin could be that that guy. I'm not saying that he can't, but for right now, you don't know if Demar gonna come back. And then you did say that you wanna preserve the youth movement. Who better than to start that youth movement with with Patrick Williams might coming to his own next year, and then Ayo Desumo and Kobe White looking to add on what they doing this year, and and then do Herb Jones. Now, look, I know I was adamant about the OG Ananobi whatever, whatever, but Herb Jones fits the timeline, and I don't know. I can't say championships, but I can see consistent playoff runs, but we still need that veteran leadership, and that's one person that I would look to bring in next year, next year, because I don't think that there will be enough room for him to do what he wants to do, and that New Orleans has a consistent, especially with B.I., Probably wanting to move back to the small forward spot and then Zion Williams playing a power forward spot. So I feel like that he would be a good piece for us, you know, at the three spot. So you have a starting vibe of him, Kobe White, Io DeSumo, and Patrick Williams. And maybe a future big if we decide to get one. But that's just me. Anyway, tell me what you think. Please. All
0: right, say Bulls getting Herb Jones. Here's what I'll say. Um, what would be the motivation to, for the New Orleans Pelicans to get rid of Herb Jones? He's another player on a decent contract. Not like I don't think that the that the that that the uh, the New Orleans Pelicans are going to be looking to get rid of Herb Jones. Like I get what you're saying. Would Herb Jones fit in? Absolutely. I do think that Herb Jones as well. If he is re- asked to do more offensively, I do think he is a player that can polish off his offensive game at least that shooting a, a, a lot more. Don't get me wrong, but I don't I don't think Herb Jones acquiring Herb Jones is, is going to be a big possibility, especially if that team is looking to kind of move on from some of their bad contracts. I don't think they're going to be willing to get rid of one of their more valued contracts that they have on that team in Herb Jones. I just don't think that the Pelicans are going to be willing to do that. So I get what you're saying. and Everything that you laid out there is sound as far as the 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 whys of why you would want Herb Jones on this team. That's all sound. Herb Jones is a damn good player. And as a 3-and-D player in this league, he, he definitely is, is. And he still has tons of upside as, as well on top of that, right? But I just don't think that the that the Pelicans. I, think I keep saying Pistons. That the Pelicans are in a position to really try to that they're going to even consider moving Herb Jones, and and they'd be foolish. You now, don't get me wrong. The Pelicans have done some absolute stupid stuff in 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 their history. So let's not let's not overlook that. But you have a player that's playing. That's one of that is probably your better wing defender. That also is a solid enough three point shooter that's only taking up eight percent of your, your of your of uh, cap. Yeah, I don't think you're moving that player. I, I just don't think you're moving it. But but listen, I get what you're saying, and he is should be a target. I mean, if the Bulls can get him, get him. But I just don't know if that's going to be a realistic possibility. Especially you said it. I, we got our own players. We got Daylon. We're trying to develop. We got Julian Phillips that we're trying to develop. And let's not trade for another player. With a $12 million contract, we've got our own players. Again, like I talked about in the opening segment, take advantage of this opportunity with you having players on cost control contracts to get it done. That's kind of my thought process. But again, Herb Jones, not a bad player at all. But everybody listening, let me know what you guys think down below. But well, that's my time for today, guys. Make sure you guys are following the show at Bull Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. Bull Central Pod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail for the mailbag, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. Thanks to you guys. And like I like to in every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See red if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of the
1: Break Media.